0: As part of Ferrari Fridays, William Ross from the Exotic Car Marketplace will be discussing all things Ferrari and interviewing people that live and breathe the Ferrari brand. Topics range from road cars to racing, drivers to owners, as well as auctions, private sales, and trends in the collector market. (laughs) I'm back so i've been a couple weeks but hey i'm back i was doing a little traveling and today's episode is what we are going to talk about in my travels because i was down at amelia island for one went to the concourse two went to a bunch of auctions um so we're going to kind of discuss the auctions we're going to discuss the concourse itself this is year two that Haggerty has uh taken over so you know obviously they're kind of gaining some ground but You know, there's a few other events they got going on, but I just appreciate everybody listening. And like I said, hey, you know, share this, put it out there in the world. Let's try and spread the word and let's try and grow this as much as we can. And uh, we got some exciting stuff coming up. Uh, I don't know if any of you have gone on to the website, com or if you go to exoticcarmarketplace.com. Uh, We have some exciting things coming up. We're partnering up with a few other entities that uh, I do a bunch of stuff with, and we're gonna kind of create this big, I wanna say conglomerate, but big media type company that, you know, parent company, oversee everything. We're gonna kind of combine all this stuff and uh, help everybody out. We're gonna try and create more content, more articles, um, you know, have a lot more fun with this and see what we can do with everything. Uh, and from exotics to classics to garage style, you know, people, you know, that's big thing that's uh, happening now is, you know, people, I mean, always people always have, you know, personalized their home garage. But, you know, the big thing now is everyone's purchasing these garage condos or getting these, you know, garage condos at the, these private racetracks. And if you're the 1% or 1% or whatever that can afford to do that, God bless you. Uh, some of these ones, I mean, they're doing some fantastic stuff. And these uh, private tracks and whatnot are popping up all over the country. Um, I don't know about over the world. I don't know about over in Europe whatnot, but I'm sure they are too. But I know over here in the States, there's a bunch popping up here. In the next couple of years, there's going to be quite a few opening up. Uh, I know there's the one down in Columbus, Ohio, um, the Resolute, uh, down in Tennessee itself. There's actually two. Uh, there's a really nice one. If you go down to our website, you'll see it's Flat Rock uh, Motor Club. They have a, that's going to be an outstanding facility. Uh, there's one down in Florida. Uh, I believe it's just outside Ocala, something like that. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Mike Pipitone, is kind of uh, helping out there, heading up some sales and marketing for them. Uh, so check that one out. I'll have, you know, more info I can get. I will pass it along to everybody. So, but anyway, let's dive into this. So my travels, they started on Tuesday of Amelia Island week weekend or whatever you want to call it. So on Tuesday, I traveled down to Atlanta very early in the morning. Uh, got one the, caught one of the first flights here out of Cleveland and got down there and I actually met up with my good friend Mike. Uh, he lives in the Atlanta area and we went and checked out the Porsche Experience Center down there. So I, some I highly recommend, now I will say this, there's an awesome restaurant that overlooks the Test Track or Track or whatever you want to call it. Uh, now, the food I had, I had this salad with this chicken breast on it, and the chicken breast basically was like shoe leather. Um, I don't know if the cook was having, a the chef was having an off day with mine uh, food or what, but from what i have told, you know, the other stuff's pretty good. You know, you get a big heap of portions of it. Uh, the Wiener schnitzel or the chicken schnitzel or whatever the heck it's called. Um, I it's highly recommend and you get a big, huge-ass piece of meat on your plate. Um, but... I will say this, it is not cheap to eat there. Uh, For two people, especially if you're having a couple cocktails or you have one beer each or something like that. With tip and everything, you're going to be pushing probably, if you get main meals, close to probably 80 to 100 bucks. You know, with including tip. So, I mean, it is not cheap, but you can't beat the view. So, but anyways, they have some really cool things. You know, it's not like... There's not anything crazy. It's not like this massive museum, um, but what they have is they have the heritage centers, they call it. I definitely recommend, hey, when you go there, it's it's free to go. It doesn't cost anything. Um, you, I don't know if you have to set up an appointment or what um, You know, to schedule it, to go through there and do everything, um, but you can just do the tour and walk around. And they have, they have this really cool wall. It's got all from the beginning to current day Of all these, like, uh, I would say 118 scale models, 114 scale models of all the race cars and cars uh, that Porsche has built throughout the years. So basically, starting from the first one all the way to the most recent one. Uh, So I have this big wall with on there. If you check out my YouTube channel, uh, I got some great video from being there. Uh, But so you go in that, they have a cool gift shop. Now, one thing they have, and I, why I didn't test it out, I don't know, I I just, we were going there. And I was waiting on Mike and told myself, I said, "Hey, you got to come back and check it out," but didn't do it. But they have this awesome simulator room that has got I think it's like six or seven simulators that you can test out and uh, try out different tracks, everything like that. You can race against your buddy or just you know, race against yourself, try and set you know best time against against ones that have already you know, people have already gone. So. Um, I want to say it was like $50 for like 30 minutes or for 45 minutes. It was a good deal, actually, for what you got to do. Um, You got to spend a lot of time doing it. So actually, it wasn't that bad of a price to do it. Um, But for whatever reason, it's kind of, I didn't go back and do it. Why, I don't know. But hey, that's just me. So, but you can test it out. They have a cool little gift shop. Again, stuff's not cheap. Uh, They got some really cool merchandise. Uh, It's not a lot. It's not a big gift shop. You know, it's not like you're going to have like Porsche overload. Uh, but they have some really cool stuff, but again, hey, the stuff is not cheap. You can always hit on the sale hit up the sales rack. They have some stuff that's usually on sale. Uh, they had some like cool shirt stuff like for like you know, thirty, forty bucks. So it wasn't too bad. But uh, majority of the stuff was you're closer to a hundred starting at and then go on up. So um they have watches, all this kind of jazz. So jackets, shirts, t shirts, button down shirts, polo shirts, everything like that. So now the one thing I was kinda of surprised is they did not have that many newer model cars, you know, the twenty twenty three models on the floor. They had a couple. Uh, but they normally they have more but I don't know if they're just in a transition or what but they were lacking new model cars on the floor area where you come walking in at so I was a little bit surprised by that now they also have this really cool interactive wall uh, that kind of goes through the history and stuff you pull stuff up pictures videos stuff like that that was really really neat uh, they have this really cool sculpture up in the air like if you stand underneath it you look up it's a kind of a cutout of a, a 911 so it's really neat stuff but again the one cool thing was the heritage centers where they got all the cool old cars older cars race cars you know 959 um yeah 917 um, 904 908 um I'm trying to remember off the top of my head some of the stuff they had a 959 um older 911s and they uh, 911 rs um, they had a Current gt you know so they had some really really cool stuff But again not massive. You know, not like they had hundreds of cars or You know, I think they had maybe 20 cars, 15 to 20 cars here total. But, you know, significant stuff. And they only had kind of displayed very nice and everything like that. So it's really neat to check out. But, I mean, the thing you're going there to do, and, again, it's, again, on the cheap side. But, hey, it's an experience. I just didn't have time to do it that day. Is you go take a car out and test track. Now, they have various different levels of cars you can try out uh and so the price varies it starts i think at like three hundred dollars and you actually get a lot of time you get like 45 minutes or something like that or over an hour um if not maybe a little bit longer so i mean you get your values it's money worth, and you can just do as many laps as you want so it's just timeline so they have the you know the one track going you know on the outside and they have like a skid pad um they have the other one where it kind of kicks you sideways you know the wet track so they have a really really cool stuff and like i said you can do everything from you know, a boxer or a Cayman all the way up to uh, a a GT3. So I mean, it goes all the way up, to Turbo S. So I mean, you can have a lot of fun and do it. So now they also, it's opening up April 1st. So it's coming up. Uh, They actually expanded the track, basically doubled the size of the track. So now I don't know if that means they're gonna double the amount of spaces that are open. That you can go and do this now because when I was there, it seemed like you could probably just walk in and just, you know, get, you know, hey, can I do some driving and you go do it. Now, normally I say, hey, you got to call ahead, set up your time, make a register, you know, register for it and everything like that, make a reservation. And so I don't know because from looking at it, I wouldn't say it was identical, but it was pretty close to, it was very, very similar to what the current track offers. Now, the design and the layout, they have a cool. Carousel turn that mimics the Nurburgring carousel, which is really neat, um, and it's got more uh, undulations and more heights and stuff like that to it. So it's really, really neat track. Um, so again, I don't know if they'll let you do it. Where you can, hey, you can do the long course, where it take you, you know, it'd be a couple miles long, or you know, hey, they just split it in half, where they can have they can double the amount of people that are out on the track doing it. So again, it's all about the almighty dollar, right? So, but anyways, I know when kind of just a side. I know we're talking about Porsches and Ferrari podcasts, but I'm just telling you about my adventures down at Amelia Island. So, we checked it out and did that. So, that was a lot of fun. It was cool. We kind of, you know, hung out there for the day. But then from there, we went to check out one of these cool, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of cool little dealers down there in Atlanta, because obviously Atlanta's a massive market. I mean, it's Atlanta's big. So, if you ever been to Atlanta and try to drive around Atlanta, it's, it takes you a long time to get anywhere, because it's pretty massive. I mean, it's spread way out. So, I mean, it's pretty damn big uh, and they have a lot of construction going on so it kind of takes you a little bit to get anywhere but anyways we went to check out this other dealer uh, and kind of like to say a boutique dealer because you know you go in um, there's Milner Motor Cars um, and you, know, you go you walk through the, and it's appointment only to go in so fortunately, Mike you know knows people there so we're able to just kind of go in he called ahead uh, so yeah it's not like you just walk in off the street and just say, hey I want to look at some cars anyway so you walk in the show and floor there I mean they got, I think, six cars on the floor there, maybe only five. Um, so, they had a couple, you know, Testarossa, Rosa 308 um, or 328. Um, so, they, you know, an old Model T, which is a really cool car. Uh, they had their old Model T racer. Um, but, like I said, they didn't have much of thing, but then they had a, a massive, you know, uh, shop, you know, doing service work. And from what my understanding is, something they just really started expanding into is doing the service work due to the fact is hey you know the demands there hey and there's you make a lot of money doing service work and if you got the guys that know what they're doing it's a great thing to get into to service those cars so i mean you can charge you know, you charge a hundred some dollars an hour just in labor and then you got your parts and everything like that so but the cool thing was is you know out back they had a lot more cars that they had available for sale but the the owner had his own private vault, as he called it, collection in his barn out back, garage, where everybody called. it, where he had a ton of cars back in there. Um, now, these are all ones that I want to say not bought on speculation, but bought under the, you know, guys that, hey, because they will, they'll go up in value. I mean, because the majority of them were Ferraris. Um, he had Testarossas, he had some 512 TRs, uh, but he had some nice Porsches in there, too. Older Porsche, new Porsches, and Acura NSX, um, you know, it had a lot, a lot of cool stuff that, yeah, they're going to go up in value. So it's more kind of an investment thing. And as the kid that was still you know, walking us around said, hey, the guy's, the guys got some kids headed off to college soon right there to college, paying for the college education. So, But again, you know, hey, you get a special client, they're looking for something, you have it in stock, it's right there. It's kind of an off-market private sale thing. You don't put it out there, you don't advertise much. Again, these guys don't put all their cars out. And that's something you're going to find for all you people out there shopping around. And that's kind of one of the things, you know, a lot of these boutique dealers and that do not advertise all the cars that they have available for sale. And that's where someone like myself comes in and what I do finding these off-market cars is I know these people, I know these dealers, so I can give them a ring and they'll, if I ask for something specific or I say, hey, you know, what do you got good that's kind of off-market, I got a client, no, they'll let me know. Now, it ain't just Joe Schmo calls up there and goes, oh no, we don't have anything like that. No, everything's on the website, blah, blah, blah. So, it's kind of, you know, it's you know, a close knit network of individuals that hey, you know, we're looking out for a client and then we want to make the client happy but the fact is, you know, hey, you bring more clients sell more cars, hey, everyone makes more money so it's kind of like a rub my back rub your back type deal, but anyways so anyways, that wrapped up the first day and then Tuesday morning was the big we went over to Merit Partners now, I don't know how many of you guys you know watch on, you know, Shmi 150 on YouTube, old Tim he was actually there a few weeks ago, he did a nice video on it But uh, I know the guy's there for a little while, so I want to go there and meet these guys and just check out the facility. Again, they're another one where they have a very small amount of cars on their website compared to what they actually have in inventory. Now, where they're located, you would not know that that's where it was there. You would drive by it a thousand times and not realize that there's an exotic car dealership tucked away back in this industrial corner uh, where all these buildings are at. You have no clue. I mean, it's... They have a small sign, but it's not like they got all these cars parked out front or anything like that. You'd have no idea. It's behind the gate. You got to get buzzed in. So you go in, and they just spent, God, he told me it was like, you know, excess of a million dollars in regards to uh, remodeling and, you know, refurbishing this building that they're in. And it's gorgeous inside. And, you know, they still had a few little touch-up things here to do. They had to put it into one bar top and everything like that. But absolutely gorgeous, you know. It's going to be perfect. I, I, from my point, and I, what I would do if I was always saying, you know, have events there, you know, whatnot, you know, bring people in, you know, do kind of stuff like that. It's going to be perfect for it. But as soon as you walk in, they had an F50, you had a couple of Carrera GTs, a Ford GT, a new Ford GT, the newer one, um, you know, and just some absolutely beautiful stuff. But again, you go out into, I won't say the warehouse, but where they have a majority of other cars, because they also, not only the cars that they have for available for sale that they own, they also do consignment. Uh, So they just they have a plethora of cars available and I mean some very 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 unique very rare stuff So if you're looking for something unique and rare Give me a call and I'll hook you guys I'll hook you up with the guys at Merit, and I'll help you guys out I said they have some really really cool stuff and very rare stuff Uh, so I highly recommend if you're looking for something unique something rare Get a hold of me. I'll get you hooked up with the guys at Merritt and um, get you guys, get you taken care of. So, but that was really cool meeting those guys. So, then on Wednesday afternoon, since I was in Atlanta and Jacksonville, it was only a little over five-hour drive away. I was like, well, screw it. No, I'm just going to drive there. Why, why fly? I didn't want to deal with the hassle of the airport because Atlanta airport is a nightmare. that's the anyone that's flew to there. And at the end of this podcast, when I left, it was a fucking nightmare. Pardon my French. But... Um, so I had read it actually I don't know if anyone's you know heard of Sixth S-I-X-T car rental fantastic if you're at a uh, major city that has Six as a car rental company use them they have nice they have BMW's Mercedes uh, I mean they got nice cars and they're very very reasonably priced I was going to rent a 5 series but I got I got in about 4 hours earlier than I was supposed to be and the car that I was supposed to have wasn't back yet or ready or whatnot. so the kind lady behind the desk said well I got a 7 Series and you know it's supposed to be another $30 some dollars a day but I'll only charge you $20 more a day and I was like alright so what's my total basically for that Tuesday all the way to the following Monday which was basically seven days cost me $782 for a BMW 7 Series unlimited miles everything so it worked out perfect and what's better than a 7 Series to go on a nice little road trip from ja- uh, Atlanta down to Jacksonville and back so, Wednesday afternoon, I hopped in. Now, unfortunately, traffic was a little bit kind of crap on the way out, but for some reason, I could not get the phone and everything to sync up to work right so I could talk hands-free to the phone while I was driving. So, I kept getting a couple phone calls, important phone calls. So, I kept having to pull over, turn off the car, and then make my phone call and talk and then get back on and go on the road. So, five-hour driving, I'm taking almost seven hours, but I had to keep stopping. Now, the one was, you know, a very important one, but there's a funny one because at one point I just pulled off, got off on an off-ramp, and just as I got to, you know, halfway off the off-ramp, I was going down, I, I just pulled off to the end of where the guardrail's at, you know, so it was nice, out of the way. So, one of the AAA guys, like, within five minutes was up behind me, pushing the sign, whatever, I'm trying to wave him, hey, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm just on a phone call, so then I had to get going and I had to go drive, you know, around the thing, so it was kind of, it was kind of humorous. I felt bad for the guy, I know he thought he was going to come help me and everything like that, but anyways... So I got down to Jacksonville. I got in a day early, so I I was able to rummage up a hotel room, actually on Amelia Island. It wasn't bad; it was only 130 for the one night. And you know, if you drove past it, you would think it's some shit box motel. You know, um, it was a decent size, but it was one of those you know your your uh, entry to your room is outside, so it's a two story job, one of those you know motel six type situations or red roof in or something like that. I guess you would call it. Um but they I tell you what, it was completely redone. And kudos to my one good friend, Andrew. You know, he's the one that said, hey, there's still rooms available on Amelia actually itself. So um, I went and checked it out. Now the funny thing was is they had rooms available for the whole weekend. And but the problem was is on Friday they jumped up to almost four hundred dollars a night. Now what's the person behind the desk saying, Look, you have rooms here. Why not just give me the room for the hundred and forty dollars night? I'll take it till, all the way through till Monday. I mean, until Sunday, because I, I had to drive back up Sunday night back to Atlanta. But, no, no, you know, there's a concourse going on this weekend. Well, no shit, Sherlock. That's what I'm in town for. So, I'm like, all right, fine. No money compared to some money. I don't know. I take some money over no money. So, hey, then the room sat are empty. No skin off my back. So, I end up staying, you know, out by the Jacksonville airport, because it's only, it's about 25, 30 minutes from, you know, Jacksonville over to Amelia Island to get to where the stuff's at, you know, because of traffic and I don't know if I've ever, ever been to it. You know, once you get onto the island itself, it's a lot of two-lane stuff. So, and you know, there's a lot of traffic going on. So, it takes you a little bit to get anywhere. So, anyways. So, but it was really cool because, you know, I got to, uh, you know, I got up early uh, on uh, Thursday morning. Went and watched the sunrise, everything like that. And, you know, just kind of relaxed and chilled and went to the first auction. Now, I went to the Gooding auction, you know, did the preview and everything like that because it really didn't start till 3 o'clock that day on Thursday. But they had all the preview stuff, but... I got there right at nine when it opened up. So basically there was nobody there. I think there was maybe 15 of us walking around checking all the cars, so it was really, really cool. Now here's a stupid thing. So I go in, I pay to get in, it was $40 to get in. Now, I have my GoPro with me because obviously it's a little more, you know, easier to handle, I have it on the handles, you know, go around and do it to shoot video. Well, since I didn't have a media pass, I got, asked to not film with the GoPro. Now, here's here's the stupid part. Oh, you can use your phone though. Use your phone all you want to shoot video, and stuff, but I just we can't have you use your GoPro, you know, you're know, you looking professional like that if you don't have media credentials. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, does that make sense to you? I mean, it's one half of one or the other. Either I'm filming with my phone or this GoPro. There's no difference. So i fine. So I broke out my handle for my phone, mounted on that, and just used my phone to do everything then. So I shot all the video on my phone. So I was like, fine. You know, don't use a GoPro. Use my phone to do it. So, now here's a cool thing: they had some really nice stuff this year at Goody. Now they're, you know, they're David and his crew. They curate quite a nice selection of cars. But this year they did very, very well in regards to, I guess you'd say, the selections they had. You know, normally you have kind of a lot of, you know, leaning towards one genre or something like that. And you know, in years past, it's like they had a lot of like more pre-war stuff. Uh, like Duesenbergs, Packers, that kind of stuff. Now, this year, they had, like, one Duesenberg. They had, I think, two Packards. Um They didn't have that much old pre-war stuff. Everything else was, you know, from your uh, 50s on up. They had some 40s stuff like that. But basically, everything was, I would say, newer, post-war stuff. But, man, they had some awesome stuff. I mean, they had one of my all-time favorite cars, a 500E. I mean, I absolutely love those cars. One of these days, I'm going to have one of those. I mean, they're just they're getting priced ridiculous i mean i should have bought one five six years ago they're about 40 50 grand because now they're about 80 90 grand depending on mileage and trying to find one with low miles i just got offered one If i i love if i had the money if i have one it's has um, got forty-seven thousand miles on it it's a 94 so it's an e 500 the one i would want in you know, the last year for it and anyone that knows that what that car is you know it's a collaboration with porsche um and mercedes it was kind of, you know, it wanted to add the sports sedan, but it kind of helped out Porsche in a way financially. Um, kind of gave them that project, gave them some nice influx of cash, but this, those cars are phenomenal. I mean, they're just great. I mean, talk about a sleeper. I mean, granted, back then, but, you know, in the mid-early 90s, 322 horsepower was a lot, especially in a sedan like that from Mercedes. So, I mean, still, right, this day, hey, hey, 322 horsepower, that's nothing to sneeze at. So that car will get up and go, but that thing will cruise at you know ninety hundred miles an hour, no sweat. I mean, that thing's a grand. That's a one of these days. I'm gonna have one. So some things come for fruition this in the coming months here with some deals I'm working on. I'm buying one Before, after I get my Ferrari though. I'm on that hunt for that 430 manual. So anyways, so but this here's the interesting thing though. Going through, you know, they had a nice selection. of, You know, obviously awesome cars. They had an awesome, cool selection of motorcycles too. You know, not a lot. I think they had like 15 motorcycles, 20 motorcycles maybe. Um, they had some gorgeous Ducatis. Um, but it's funny because a, a buddy of mine, Paul Jason, uh, he's kind of a, a big-time motorcycle guy, motorcycle broker over in the UK. I actually had taken some photos sent it to him, and he was actually, later, he was actually on the phone bidding, and one, one of the bikes came across, and I had sent it to him when it came over, oh yeah, that was me actually on the phone bidding. I was like, I thought that was you, so it was kind of humorous, but... Here's the interesting. Thing. Now I was checking out the estimates. You know, they they give you a range. You know, if you ever gone to an auction, you know they have their you know estimated range. You know, they have the low end, high end thing. All right, this car will sell between you know 250 to 350 thousand dollars. You know, they they kind of put an estimate to it, um, so people can have a general idea what they think it might be going for uh, to give them an idea. But here's a crazy thing. I would say not every single auction item, car that went across, but a majority and I mean with majority I'm talking 90% maybe even a little bit more than that all went for below the low estimate so I don't know if that's a sign of market adjustment or just what's going on because of the economy but this was kind of this as was at all the auctions now some of them a couple of them did a little better in regards to you know hitting that you know high estimate or going above it but those are for some very special and very unique, very rare cars, very desirable cars. So it's like, hey, that's understandable. But at a majority of these auctions, all these cars were going for below the low estimate. And not just by a little bit, a lot of them were pretty significant. There was a, a 355 GTS Brunetta that it had the, uh, their price estimated price range on it was, I think it was 220 to 250. Or something like that, or 180 to 225, something like that. But anyways, it only had 22,000 miles or 27,000 miles. Gorgeous silver with this tan interior. You don't see that often, but silver with tan. And I, I, I'm i not a fan of light colored interior tan, but this thing looks sharp in that color combo. Uh, Six speed manual, 150 grand. So all in, you're about 168,000 dollars with your fees and everything. That was a steal. And another one at another auction, same thing. It went for around the same price way below the low estimate so people were getting deals at the auctions down at Amelia Island so I mean if you had a pocketbook and you had you know deep pockets it was a time to do some buying and to sit on some of these cars you know and come back with them you know just bring to market I don't know a year or two anyways you know down the road I mean that's one of those situations where so I had a boatload of money or I won the lotto or something like that so was one with that lucky bastard that won like the billion dollars or whatever and you know, walked with 700 million. God, I would have had a heyday down there this year. I mean, they had some awesome stuff. Um, you know, the, you had your obligatory, you know, F50s, F40s, um, you know, 280 GTOs, but they had some Bugatti EB110 SSs there. They were stunning, absolutely stunning. Um, but they had some just gorgeous, gorgeous stuff and very neat stuff. And then the um, Broad Arrow had a fantastic, another one of my favorite cars, the you know, RS200 Evolution. Now you can get, you know, the standard RS200. I believe it had 260 280 horsepower something like that you know they had to homologate x amount of cars but they did 24 26 evo cars that were basically the ones they used for the group b rallying that would have been but these things pushed out 700 horsepower this is a tiny little car and i know many of you or if you're ken block fans uh he had one that he absolutely loved you know God rest his soul. That was such a sad tragedy that he passed. But anyways, uh, that's another one of my all-time favorite cars. Uh, Another one, an F40. So um, my goal, kind of as a side note, because I said I'm trying to get more content, do these podcasts more frequently, but also trying to grow my YouTube channel. Now, the YouTube channel, the general one is Garage 65. Now, you spell 65, S-I-X-T-Y, and the number 5. So, if you look up at Garage65, you'll find all my content. Now, I do have some of the ones broken down where I'm going to post to it just as Ferrari or just the Porsche Marketplace or the Ferrari Marketplace. Uh, we're trying to expand over. But then again, you know, like what we're doing with our media company, we're going to have these garage tours. We have a lot of things we're going to be doing that are going to be super, super cool. so keep informed keep in tune and hey you know we're going to have a newsletter coming out um, that you can sign up for to kind of keep you up to date what's going on because we're going to also be doing like events stuff like that so we've got a lot a lot of cool stuff that we're getting in the works here hopefully by mid and summer we'll start having some of these and then for 2024 we'll really kind of start rolling out with a lot of cool stuff so stay tuned got a lot of cool stuff coming but anyways back to the auction now like I was saying before, there was some really, really cool stuff. You know, you could have gotten some great deals on some, you know, very, very nice cars. You know, uh, very, very well maintained. Now, I am not a big fan of people or buying cars at auction. Now here's my pet peeve. Is you can have all the information you want, you could do your research on the car, you got the VIN, everything like that, and, but you're basically only getting the description that the auction house is giving you. You can't get in the car unless you know one of the people and they're very kind. So, oh, yeah, You can't start it. You can't drive it. So basically you're going on the word of the auction house and the current owner telling the auction house, Hey, yeah, the car's great. Oh, it's got all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. You know, so you have to really scrutinize the car as it just sits there. So, I mean, the only time you hear it run is when they drive it up to the auction block. And normally then it's so far away, you can't hear it. So there's no way of knowing. So to me, I don't think it's the great way to go about buying. And plus, the other aspect of it is the fees you have to pay. Now, some years ago, they used to crack you on both sides. The buyer and the seller had to pay fees on top of what it cost to put your car in it. So it was like the buyer, I mean, the seller was having to pay like 10, 12% of whatever the selling price was, then the buyer was paying like 15 to 18% fees. So they were cracking basically almost 25 to 30% on top of what the selling price was that would go on top in fees. So imagine that. So if you bought a million dollar car, it's for easy numbers, you were having to pay another $250,000 just in fucking fees. I mean, that is obscene. I'm sorry, I'm swearing, but I just don't get it now. With the advent, cause COVID came around and all these online auction houses came online. Obviously, BAT was the forerunner of this. You know, they broke the barriers. So you have all these other ones that have come out now. But, you know, they broke it down to, okay, like BAT is $5,000 m- maximum. That's what your cap is. And, you know, you have to you know pay X amount of dollars. I think it's hundred bucks. And they might be free now because I know cars and bids, it's free to post whatnot and if theirs is a four and a half percent cap, um, it, you know, the maximum you pay, but the maximum you pay is $4,500. But you'll pay up to $4,500 is four and a half percent of what the selling price is. Um, so Doug Demuro's put together a great thing over there now. But you have so many other ones out there that are following that pattern or that business model is we're only gonna cap you at a maximum of four to five grand. That's it. And your fees, you know, up to that are you know, four and a half to five percent. You know, so, hey, you a $100,000 car. Hey, you're capped 4500 bucks. So, I mean, it's fantastic. So, I think these auction houses realize, hey, you know, we're going to have to cut our fees and do it. You know, they try to say, oh, well, it's the atmosphere. Oh, this, we have the selection of cars, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? I don't buy that. You know, that's just not me. I just, I'm not going to pay an extra, you know, 20 30 40 grand, whatever it may be in fees just because of the ambiance. You know, hey, that's your. You put that together. I can go find these cars somewhere else. I don't need to come out and cap it here. No. Now, the one thing is, these auctions usually kind of sometimes do is kind of set market rates and everything because you'll have clients and deal with them. They'll be like, well, that car just sold for X at um, a million at, at, at XYZ auction. And, and why are you asking so much more? Well, it's like, okay, well, that car there, which wasn't disclosed, whatnot, had been an accident or whatnot. You know, again, not knowing the whole story, and this is an uneducated consumer, not doing their homework and not, you know, believing in what something is and not just listening, they just talk, is, you know, they don't know the full story behind what that car, why it's sold for, what it's sold for, why you're selling your car, what it's for, you know, so, it's just, it's sometimes like pulling teeth and these people just don't get it, you know, so it can be really, really freaking annoying sometimes with it's an uneducated consumer and, you know, it's it's just very, very annoying. But anyways, back to the auctions. So, as I was stating, a lot of these cars, good portion of cars, were going for below estimates. So, I mean, again, it was some really nice stuff, and it was just kind of a head scratch. I so, was man, some people are getting some great deals and were going home with some great cars. And that was the thing is, normally when you have your low estimates and that stuff, that's usually about where the reserve's at. So these reserves that these owners had in these cars were very, very low because these cars were selling. They were hammered. And which was absolutely crazy. That was the other baffling thing was they had super low reserves on these cars. Normally, you know, the reserves up there by the low estimate. So if it's not even getting a low estimate, that car ain't moving. But people didn't, either they needed the cash, they needed the room, they didn't want to take the car back home or what. But these cars were selling. So the uh, transport companies were having a heyday, that's for sure. So, and there's another one that make out either way because, hey, the car doesn't sell, they got to take it back home. Hey, they're double dipping. So, but I mean... If you've never been to Amelia, I highly suggest you go. The auctions are really, really cool. Yeah, it costs you a little bit to get in, but it's really neat because you kind of get up close to the cars. Now, let's talk about the Concours itself. Now, on Friday they had the Porsche Works reunion. It's a Porsche event, you know. And this year the 75 years of 911. So, kind of you know, last year was the was Ferrari's total 75 years, you know. Um, the 9-11 was 75 years or However it is. Anyways, a Porsche. I don't know. Anyways, one of their anniversary years. It could be mistaken. I don't know. Anyways, this is... Onward and upward, right? But anyways, so that was kind of cool. Not very big, but it seemed to be there was more, better action over in the car park where people were parking that, you know, all the Porsches were, you know, all the Porsche Club members were parking than actual cars that were out on the lawn. They have some neat stuff. You know, uh, very interesting stuff. And luckily, we were able to get in for free because... The vent is free to get in, but it's $40 to park. So, there you go. So, it's it's kind of a joke. Like, it's, so, basically, it's $40 to get in. But, anyways, we were able to snag a free parking um, to get in for free as a volunteer. So, it, hey, it pays to know people, right? So, we got in, checked out. They had some really cool stuff there. Obviously, all Porsches. Um, some really neat stuff. Some cool booths set up, you know, for buying some, uh, I guess, trinkets and memorabilia and stuff like that. They had a really cool one. You could buy you know, that scale models, you know, from your the real small stuff all the way up to some bigger stuff uh, which is really really neat then saturday uh they put on and if you buy your ticket for sunday it gets you into saturday's event also so you might as well just buy it because if you are going sunday you buy it so but sunday's tickets it's 175 now it's gone up dramatically in price especially since harry took it over because you know, now they're about making money now when bill warner was running that it wasn't about, I mean, yeah, they needed to make money, cause, but it was more about making the money to put the donations to the charities they were supporting. So they they dumped a lot back in. Now, I've had some great conversations with Bill, and uh, he, he always tells me you you're nuts if you ever want to put on that Concourse because it's just you know pain in the ass. But I, he had told me, I mean, it was like eight, nine years before he even could like kind of pay himself anything out of it for all his work and effort. And doing it. So, I mean, it took a long time. They started at, what, 95, I think it was, 96, something like that, in the mid-90s. So, it really has been going on all that long, I guess you can see I compared to Pebble and stuff like that. But anyways, so Saturday they have the Radwood event, which is, as everyone probably knows, is, you know, your 80s cars uh, from my genre when I, you know, was in my youth driving my cars, you know, when I was 16 in 1986, you know, I had my Fiero GT. Well, I started with the Mazda GLC, then I went to a Fiero GT. I love that Fiero, that thing was so cool. Then I had a Mustang GT, so um, I, I connect well with that stuff. They had some really cool stuff. It's stuff that you know back from your youth that you see that kind of stirs up old memories and everything like that. So they have that set up, and then you go over to the actual show field where the concourse takes place you know that's where they have a lot of the i guess say nicer stuff for the radwood type stuff but they have other things set up that are you know oriented towards that genre uh they call it cars and community so it's kind of bring whatever you know what you drove and and I, i'm not sure how you register for that but you you come in you know you park your car check it out so it's not no judge or anything goes on but just walk around and there's a lot of people for that because obviously if you're going Sunday, you're going to that Saturday because your ticket got you in. But now if you just want to go Saturday, which actually is not too bad if you just go Saturday because you, you can see a lot of stuff that you know you really don't have to worry about seeing on Sunday. But anyway, it's only like $35 going on Saturday. So if you just go Saturday, you're fine. You don't really don't need to go on Sunday. It's all, you know, all personal preference. But uh, they had some really cool stuff up, you know, which was neat. You know, they had um, the cars from Jeff Gordon set up. Um, You know, Ed Bullen was there with his stuff. And uh, the guys, you know, Tabarish was there. Uh, So was uh, Mr. Tyler Hoover was there. You know, they had brought some stuff. Uh, What was really cool back over the one corner, they had, on Saturday, they had five 959s lined up because it was kind of a separate class. Now, Sunday, they had seven 959s parked there, which, that's a rarity itself, seeing seven nine five nines parked all together. Now, then you go around, you know, um, Saturday. Again, a lot of cool stuff, a lot of neat booths set up. You know, it's a lot more casual. You know, t shirt shorts, kind of thing. Now, Sunday, obviously, is the concourse event itself. Now, that's when it gets really packed. Um, and obviously, you kind of want to dress nicer. Now, it gets pretty warm, so you kind of got to dress, but like, I just wore shorts, but I wore some nice pants. You know, kind of got to look to roll. Uh, got to meet Jeff Gordon, which was really cool, talked to him you know, uh, briefly, brought up our Freerbach project, uh, talked to him real quick, super nice guy, super nice guy, very approachable, so if you ever get the opportunity, he'll chat you up, he's a super cool guy. Um, so anyways, go into there, you know, you check out, this is now where they have the judging goes on, they have all the you know, classes broken down into regards to what cars are which group, or everything like that, so they get all judged by their class, you know, their car itself, but then in that class. Um, Gorgeous Ferraris. Oh my god. They had some gorgeous, gorgeous Ferraris. Um, some really cool stuff. And they had some old, old stuff. There was a 59 Pininfarina uh, Cabriolet. Uh, There's a 195 Inter or a 212 MM. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Check out my videos on YouTube channel Grab65. You'll see all the stuff in there. Um, they had some gorgeous, gorgeous Ferraris set up. Um, absolute outstanding. Porsche had a really nice setup with a lot of their cars. They had a lot of cool Porsche race cars uh, going across the years. So some really good... And again, what's nice is you can get right up on these cars. These things aren't like behind velvet ropes or anything like that. You know, check. It's really, really cool. So, but I mean, you get there, you know, does it pay? You know, they have an early entry. It starts at 930, but you can get in for an extra 50 bucks, get in at 830. Early entry. They limit it, but... If you see how many people do the early entry i don't even know it's worth it because it's, it's pretty busy as it is then so but anyway i did do it i went at right at 9 30 but i needed to drive back to atlanta so i put it down to right uh, one o'clock i was leaving and all honesty from 9 30 to about t- noon 12 i i would seen everything i walked around checked out what i did did all my videos talked to what i needed to talk to you know and you know got everything done so i mean The judging and stuff, like, doesn't happen until later in the afternoon. So, I mean, it goes late into the day. So, I mean, it can be for a long day, you know. But, hey, if you're staying there, God bless you. But I had to get back to Atlanta because I had an early, early flight uh, in the morning on Monday. So, I needed to get to the airport early. Uh, And thank God I did because TSA was an absolute nightmare. It took me over an hour to go through TSA. And luckily I got to early, got an early flight, and got home fine. But anyways, so... but the big thing is, like I was kind of talking about, you know, this is the second year that Haggerty is on the event. Now, last year going, you know, you kind of see a big difference in regards to the quality of cars, the amount of cars they had there. And again, this year too, they don't seem to get the amount of cars that Bill was getting. Because here's the thing, Bill Warner did not charge you to have your car in the event. Didn't charge it. Haggerty is charging you to bring your car and have it in the event. So there's a big change there, so that's why a lot of people said screw that. And and it ain't, it ain't cheap. I'm not exactly sure, but normal concours you're talking 150 200 bucks. I think they charge five to six hundred dollars, maybe something like that. And I could be wrong. So if I am wrong, shoot me an email, correct me. You know I haven't really looked into it, but it ain't cheap. So they're charging people now to have their cars in the show. So there's a big change right there. So, but you notice the big difference is there's a lot less cars there, and I won't say by half, but pretty close to half the amount of cars that Warner would usually get. Um, now the quality there that's for sure I mean there's no doubt about that but it's just you don't have the same amount of cars that you go around and look at so and you know again they're, they're they get kind of heavy with the pre-war stuff but, and those cars are absolutely gorgeous don't get me wrong the craftsmanship and watching what the hell those things I mean absolutely beautiful cars beautiful craftsmanship you know you get up and look at these cars I mean it's unbelievable what they did back then with just hand tools doing everything by hand you know. They didn't have, you know, all this stuff that they have this day and age. Everything was done by hand. So absolutely stunning stuff. So, but I mean, it's getting there. It's going to take them some time. You know, a few more years, I think they'll get in the groove. But I think they're going to have to tweak a few things to uh, bring back the amount of quality and quality of cars that they've had in the past. So they got some work to do, but hey, you know, they're getting, you know, they're doing all right. They, you know, they've acquired a few other events around the country. So they're getting a lot of practice, that's for sure. So, but anyways. The one other thing I did not mention, I forgot to mention, is because Saturday morning we were going to go uh, early, but it was raining. So we said, well, we were going to go to the Brumos Collection. So we did that first instead. now if you're ever in Jacksonville, I highly recommend go to the Brumos Collection and check it out. Absolutely phenomenal facility. Dan Davis, the owner, he, you know, he owned Brumos portion of the dealerships, he sold them a few years back. He kept the Brumos name. He kept all the vintage race cars and all that and stuff and he has a lot of them uh so he built this gorgeous facility it, uh it's kind of they took off a reminiscent of the ford plant that was in jacksonville super cool exposed brick everything. it's a gorgeous facility if you're in jacksonville please go and a lot good two to three hours to go through it super nice people to walk you around with kind of go everything but nice interactive displays i mean it's it's super cool Definitely, definitely go to the Brumos Collection You're down in Jacksonville, Florida, so Anyways, that's wrapping up. I know this was kind of a thing about talking about everything See me kind of you know talk about some Porsche, talk about some Ferrari stuff like that But this is more about hey, just what I did over the familiar on weekend. Talk a little bit about the auctions uh, And that kind of stuff, so you know kind of a mismatch and, Hey, this is kind of actually one of the longest episodes I've done I wasn't sure I was gonna even get 10 minutes out of this, but look at that. It's almost 45 minutes long Hey so if you got stuck in traffic, this is a good one to listen to, right? <laughs> but anyways, again, I really appreciate everybody listening and doing the downloads. Um, you know, we're getting up there. We're creeping up there. You know, um, We're getting there, so I really, really appreciate it. So spread the word. Put it out there. Again, check out the websites, the theferrarmarketplace.com, exoticcarmarketplace.com. We've got a lot of new content coming. We've got a lot more collaborations coming. So um, sign up. We're gonna, I can't sign up here for the newsletter, but it's coming. So once we get that kind of up and going, just keep keep an eye on it. Check out the YouTube channel, uh, Garage 65. Very simple because it kind of just covers everything. You now i got the subset ones for the Ferrari Marketplace, the Porsche Marketplace, where those will be you know, brand spe- specific. I can get that out. But Garage 65, we're going to do a lot of cool stuff. I want to go check out museums. We're going to check out fabricators. We're going to check out a bunch of stuff and just have some fun with it. And here's our goal with all this. Now we're going to acquire cars and whatnot to drive and have some fun with go to cars coffee and kind of do have those interact with it but and also we're going to do this to help support i'm a big advocate for make-a-wish i'm a wish grandma make-a-wish and also a huge animal advocate i volunteered a few animal shelters so we're going to try and you know coordinate and help do what we can with the cars to help these you know help make-a-wish help these children you know get what they want help them out but also help these animal shelters and find these you know these beautiful animals are forever homes so we're going to try and make this you know beneficial to everybody involved so try and raise money but our big goal we want to buy an f40 because what we want to do with this f40 is we're going to drive it we're going to drive the shit out of it we're going to take people for drives we're going to go all over the place we're going to take these kids from make a wish take them for rides so we're going to do a lot with this car so if you can please like and subscribe pass us around because the more we can get we can generate the revenue we can get up there we can get this f40 and go and have a lot of fun with it, and just have everyone else enjoy it, and you know do everything we can to not only help these kids, you know, have some fun with it, or you know, uh, go into probably you know the worst times of their lives, you know, battling these diseases they have, but also help raise money for these animal shelters and so find these animals their new forever home. So, again, I really, really appreciate everybody listening. Uh, sorry, this we kind of rambled a bit, but hey, you know what? I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, next week, new episode coming up. Uh, not quite sure what I'm going to talk about next week. Uh, haven't thought about it. So it'll be something fun and exciting. So we'll see, see. So guys, I appreciate it. Everybody take care. Have a good one. And until next time, appreciate it. This episode has been brought to you by Grand Touring Motorsports as part of our motoring podcast network. For more episodes like this, tune in each week for more exciting and educational content from organizations like the Exotic Car Marketplace, The Motoring Historian, Brake Fix, and many others. If you'd like to support Grand Touring Motorsports and the Motoring Podcast Network, sign up for one of our many sponsorship tiers at www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports. Please note that the content, opinions and materials presented and expressed in this episode are those of its creator, and this episode has been published with their consent. If you have any inquiries about this program, please contact the creators of this episode via email or social media as mentioned in the episode.